Dear fellow citizens, on June 4th, Hong Kong saw 180,000 candles lit at the Victoria Park vigil to remember victims, largely students and civilians, of the Tiananmen Massacre of 1989. It has been quarter of a century since the tragedy, and yet there was this record-high turnout at the candlelight vigil that bespoke Hong Kong people's determination for a vindication of the dead who gave up their lives for a cleaner, more equal, more just and democratic China. I am especially encouraged to see amongst the congregation at Victoria Park on the night of June 4th a good number of young people who must have been born after 1989. With our next generation choosing to remember and not to forget, I am sure that justice will be done to the victims of 1989. It is not a matter of whether, but when. I am sure many of the students who went to the candlelight vigil did identify themselves with youths on Tenement Square 25 years ago. As young men and women possessing the same youthful ideals of wanting to be instruments for change, to bring about a better government and fairer society. In the 17 years after Hong Kong's sovereignty reverted to China in 1997, Hong Kong has become increasingly ungovernable. Leung Chen Ying makes only enemies and no friends. The people simply do not trust what the man does or says. We are seeing the rapid mainlandization of Hong Kong with our core values rapidly disappearing and institutions under threat of quickly breaking down. A former chief secretary for the administration is being tried for indictments of abuse of public office. A former chief executive and an ex-commissioner of ICAC are being criminally investigated for possible corruption charges. What used to be the Hong Kong we are proud to call home is rapidly vanishing beyond recognition. Many of us who went to the candlelight vigil are in a position, better than ever, to feel what the crowd on Tenement Square felt 25 years ago. We both crave for a clean government accountable to the people. We demand fairness in political participation. We want inequalities in society to be adequately addressed. But those in power are not able to deliver the changes we want. The vested interests do not want any change and still want to just hang on to their privileges. In short, Hong Kong people, especially the younger generations, do not see hopes for a better tomorrow. We are finding ourselves up against odds today in Hong Kong, similar to those faced by people on Tenement Square 25 years ago. We have been promised universal suffrage by Articles 45 and 68 of the Basic Law for electing our Chief Executive and all members of the Legislature. Yet, hopes for the establishment of true universal suffrage in Hong Kong have gone unrealized in the electoral cycles of 2007 and 8 and 2012. Now, the closest date for its adoption stands at 2017 and 2020, following the resolution in the National People's Congress Standing Committee in 2007. 2017 is close, and yet universal suffrage is still far away. Public consultations conducted by the government on the 2016 Legislative Council and 2017 Chief Executive Electoral Models had ended in early May. But Hong Kong appears to be heading to a greatest political confrontation in the coming months. 
the pro-democratic activists are preparing to hold an official referendum to pressure the government and its superior in Beijing to accept truly democratic reforms that give a real choice to Hong Kong people. The Occupy Central Movement referendum on June 20th to 22nd will ask citizens whether they want civic nomination and to demand our legislators to veto any government model that prevents candidates before their names could go onto the poll ticket. Leung Zhenying criticized the referendum and told lawmakers that he would not be pressured into implementing reforms that do not comply with the city's constitution. Leung and the Chinese officials said that basic law required candidates be nominated only by a committee and showed loyalty to the motherland. From what we have seen and heard so far, I do not think the central people's government in Beijing or its agent in the form of Leung Zhenying's administration in Hong Kong would be minded to give Hong Kong people the right to nominate and be nominated, and they would insist on pre-vetting candidates before their names could go onto the polling ticket. But the problem remains that such a modus operandi would not give the chief executive elected in 2017 the political legitimacy that this office so badly needs to make Hong Kong governable. The nominating committee to be modelled on the present election committee will remain the kingmakers deciding on whom to let into the chief executive race. Whoever wins at the end of the day would naturally be primarily serving the interests of these kingmakers. While the people of Hong Kong may have a vote to cast, such a vote would go to cloak the successful candidate with faked legitimacy and simply go to decorate an oxymoron who would more likely than not be worse than Leung Zhenying. It will not help Hong Kong in tackling the deep-rooted conflicts that have been haunting us since 1997. Given the apparent tough line that Leung Zhenying appears to be taking by warning the pro-democracy camp against pressuring him, some may doubt how productive it would be to keep up the pressure and how much could be achieved from the Occupy Central movement, which plans to block the streets of Hong Kong's central business district later this year if the government does not accept the people's demand. In this context, if I may remind all of us what happened in 2003 in respect of the Article 23 saga, after half a million people had taken to the streets to oppose the legislation, it has been shelved since. In 2012, the government's proposal to introduce national education as a brainwasher was dropped after over 100,000 people had taken to the streets and gathered outside central government offices in opposition to the initiative. The Occupy Central movement has arranged for voting electronically and physically on the 20th, 21st and 22nd of June for the people of Hong Kong to be able to cast a vote to indicate whether or not we insist on being our own real bosses and have a real choice in the 2017 chief executive election. Now, after 22nd of June, we can of course gauge the public support from the participants of that voting and the result of that poll, now hopefully, there would be a not insufficient number of Hong Kong people coming out to vote and we can then be armed with that mandate from the people to start negotiations with the Central People's Government. What is at the heart of the disagreement between the Central People's Government and the people of Hong Kong is, of course, this civic nomination. In Hong Kong, people like me, a legislator, could be nominated by just 100 registered voters in my constituency, and that would be valid. 
So people will wonder why this kind of civic nomination would suddenly become unconstitutional and unlawful when it comes to the chief executive election. And what is behind all these calls for civic nomination is that we do not like the idea of preventing of candidates. So I think it is important for the central people's government to come round to realizing that the great majority of Hong Kong people are very pragmatic. We are practical, and we also love the country and love Hong Kong. And there is no need for the central people's government to actually vet out people who are on their blacklist and only allow Hong Kong people to vote on candidates which have been nominated by the central people's government. You see. This is a message to Hong Kong people that the Central People's Government simply does not trust Hong Kong people, and without that trust, it is very difficult to build a good rapport or relationship between the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region and the Central People's Government. I think the Central People's Government must understand that Hong Kong has peacefully and successfully reverted to Chinese sovereignty because of the promises in the Basic Law. And if the Central People's Government now go back. On what they have promised, that I do not think the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region could be governable. I am still prepared to believe that the Central People's Government means to do good to Hong Kong. Let us hope that we would not be disappointed.